All right, it's time to get your game right, get your head right. Today on the show, I have former big league pitcher Chad Durbin. Chad, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. So Chad has played parts of 14 seasons in the big leagues, which is pretty impressive. Uh, played for uh, the Detroit Tigers, Philadelphia Phillies, Washington Nationals, and Atlanta Braves. Uh, I can remember that because I can read it off of the Wikipedia. But, Chad, <laughs> it's great great to have you on. You know, first of all, uh, I kind of like to maybe kind of get a little bit of your background and your path uh, that that got you to the big leagues. Let's start there. Sure. I uh, got drafted out of high school in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I signed a letter of intent to go to LSU and uh, decided to – after getting drafted by the Royals in the third round to uh, pursue uh, it on a professional level. At the time, I thought that uh, the college game was a little more uh, hitter friendly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and if I would have been recruited as a middle infielder and outfielder, um, which I was at a couple other places, I, I thought if I was going to pitch, I'd be taken care of uh, better on the arm health side going pro. So went to Kansas city, uh, did a, you know, a, a three-month stint in the Gulf Coast League, went to Instructional League, and uh, accelerated to, you know, you know, one level at a time, kind of Lansing lug nuts in 97, uh, 98 uh, in the Carolina League with Wilmington Blue Rocks, Wichita, Kansas in, uh, in 99, and then got called up at the end of that year. So um, got there pretty quick, maybe a little too quick. Uh, played for the Royals in 99, 2000, 01. Uh, up and down a little bit during those stints. And then in uh, 02 in spring training, uh, hurt my arm, rehabbed the whole year, and then had Tommy John on September 5th of 2002. Um, did my rehab protocol, you know, pissed off a bunch of physical therapists and guys because <laughs> I, I, I just pushed through my protocol at about, um, you know, kind of a, an uncomfortable pace for, for those guys. They made me keep doing uh, – you know, different parts of the protocol over and over again. So that um, they, they kept saying, and it was, uh, you know, Lee Koontz and, and a couple other guys with uh, Cleveland Indians, they picked me up in the offseason. On tenor, had never understood what that was. You know, learned the business side of baseball a little bit. Yeah. And uh, came back from my rehab protocol, um, thrown pretty well. Uh, Jack Cress and a buddy of mine who's now the Dodgers cross-checker, uh, he's from Louisiana. We, he had shoulder surgery within the same window. So we all kind of pushed ourselves and I lucked out the strength conditioning guy, Tim Maxey. Um, he was uh, with Kansas city and came over to Cleveland, same time frame. So did Lee Coon. So I was really comfortable. And then I got called up and uh, after going through uh, their, their minor league system during my rehab, um, mm-hmm. got called up to the big leagues again in September. So made it back inside of a year, uh, which I was really proud of, but at the same time, I think in, in retrospect, kind of, like getting called up within three years of getting drafted. I don't know if I was ready yet. Yeah. Um, so got up, did okay. Uh, as far as just a health standpoint, made the team the next year out of spring and, and uh, it didn't do that well. I uh, got, you know, me and Jake Westbrook, we were in the bullpen waiting to get chances. He, his chance came first. <clears throat> and, uh, and then I kind of bounced around I mean, up and down in 04, didn't get called up in 05. <coughs> Excuse me. And then, um, Spent the whole year in 05 in New Orleans, um, ended the year with the Katrina mess down there. And then in 06, went to um, the Tigers organization and uh, kind of had a different attitude. Decided I was going to show up first and leave last. Um, if this was my last couple years of playing baseball, I was going to embrace the part of me that loves the game and not the part of me that hates the business side of it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and started to uh, really make ground. I, I got better. I, I started to embrace 
my teammates, not pulling against them, which is what you do when you're in survival mode when you're young. Um, you kind of get older and you start to say, you know, hey, how can I help this guy get there? Mm-hmm. If I can't get there, if I'm not the guy getting called up, let's make him the guy. And so, uh, you know, when, when 06 pitched in Toledo through 199 and two thirds innings in uh, in AAA and then got called up uh, to the Tigers. Played uh, September there. We were in a pennant race, so I didn't pitch a whole lot. They ended up uh, playing in the World Series, and and I wasn't part of that roster. Uh, 07 made the team because of Ken- Kenny Rogers um, with a blood clot, so I was their fifth starter. Mm-hmm. Did really well. Stayed up the whole year. Um, had my first son in, in in August of that year, and uh, in the off season, uh, after post- posting a you know a good enough year to stay on their roster. Um, they, they let me go and yeah. uh, went through the free agency process. Uh, 2008 uh, decided to go with the Phillies instead of about six other teams. And I was encouraged not to go to Philadelphia because of, of the, the history there with, uh, with regards to uh, the fans and, and the lifestyle and everything. And, and there was a part of me that saw what they did in 06 and 07 and thought, ah, they got a chance to win. Yeah, and, the, um, and you did. <laughs> and and we did, and we ended up winning a World Series. Uh, I had to transition out of starting for the first time in my life. Uh, to being, came in there to start because I thought that there were opportunities on the back end that they were going to score runs. It was the first time I'd I'd been in the National League outside of Washington on the minor league side. So, um, kind of took the role on. Uh, I had coaches there that and, and manager there and a front office there with Pat Gillick and and those guys encouraging me like, look, yeah, you can probably start, but this team needs somebody to shore up the seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth inning window. And we, you know, that was kind of the sell, you know, mm-hmm. on that team with that offense. And, and we had some pretty good start in pitching, played defense. Um, seventh inning was kind of where I stuck. And I had a really good year, uh, kind of figured out how to relieve. I ran out of gas. Um, I think I was sub one ERA with 60 plus appearances in late August. And just hit a wall and ended up with like a two yeah. eight or whatever it was. Um, came back the next year, pitched well. We went back to a World Series after winning it in 08. Um, lost to the Yankees in six games. Um, had a Cliff Lee and, and and a pretty good starting staff again. Great team. Pedro Martinez uh, came in late in uh, 2010. We went back to the playoffs. Had Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, Hamels. I mean, we were loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, ended up uh, getting beat by the Giants, who ended up going on to win it. And then uh, 11 went back to the Cleveland Indians after an offseason where um, I was offered a couple good two-year deals. And uh, my agent decided it wasn't – I'd never – I'd been on one-year deals my entire life and ended up continuing to be on one-year deals. Uh, but the, the, the market shored up, uh, dried up, and uh, I ended up with the Cleveland Indians. And I, I, mean, I was watching MLB Network at home um, while spring training was going on, going on on March 2nd. I think I showed up to camp. Um, really had a slow start to the year just because you're out of routine. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, for a pitcher, uh, I'm sure for a hitter as well, it, it kind of just throws you into a little bit of uncertainty. You've been doing the same thing all your life, and now all of a sudden your whole schedule and routine is kind of thrown off. Um, but played, a, a, I thought, a really good role in a mentorship-type uh, situation and, and pitched okay at times. Uh, you know, made a good run at the end of the year to get it um, somewhat manageable around a 5 ERA. Uh-huh. And, the next year went, um, you know, went to the Braves. Actually, I was with the Nationals in spring training, and, and I don't think I gave up a run. I might have given up a run all spring, pitched my butt off, felt like I was back into my routine. But they were, they were a successful team the year before, and, and, and Dave Johnson said, I can't, I can't replace – I think you could do a great job on the team, but I can't replace guys that did a good job last year because they're having a bad spring. Yeah. And, and I really appreciated that kind of loyalty out of him. Um, 
So the last day, uh, March, March 30th, my second son was born. So I was at home for a day, day and a half, um, flew back to, to spring training, made one more outing, and then flew with the team to Washington. And while I was on the field for the anthem for the, the last exhibition game, Davey Johnson and Rizzo, those guys called me underneath and said, hey, uh, you know, we're going to go ahead and, and, and let you go, but here's why. The Braves want you on uh, on their roster immediately. You're going to meet the team in New York City, and, um, you know, hey, you're an Atlanta Brave. And I go, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I flew up there, uh, ran into Hinsky, Eric Hinsky on, uh, on the elevator. He said, hey, man, we're all going uh, to eat as a team. I think it'd be a great idea that you, you pop in and, and get to know some of the guys because, hell, you didn't get a chance for the last six, seven weeks. And they'd all faced me or at least, uh, you know, ran into me some you know, mm. one way or another. But went well. Uh, Atlanta was a great experience. I had uh, O'Flaherty and Venters were two of the best lefties in the game. Obviously, Kimbrell was one of the best closers. So I was like the equivalent of a right-handed specialist. I'd come and face two righties and then go sit down. It was uh, it was a very interesting uh, year. We were we were a pretty good team. We ended up uh, losing in the first like play wild card one game wild card play in game, mm -hmm. um, which was uh, an interesting experience. Then 2013 signed back with the Phillies and um, you know didn't really uh, you know didn't really pitch in a whole lot of meaningful games, which was fine. We weren't playing in a whole lot of them anyway. Halliday was was hurt. Um, the team was kind of trying to figure out whether they were going to rebuild or not, and. Uh, you know, ultimately wasn't pitching well. Ruben Amaro said, hey, man, you, you have a daughter due June 24th. Why don't you go home and, uh, and and see whether or not you want to do this anymore? Go spend three, four weeks at home. You know, you, you've got an option year the next year, mm -hmm. 14 if you want it. And uh, I ended up going home. And, and, you know, the last couple drives to the field, all I could think about is I'm taking up somebody's spot in AAA. Um, I love the game, but I don't love going to the park right now. So, um you know, it gave me a chance to go uh, think on things, and and uh, you know, five years after you know stepping away, I'm 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 at home, and you know, three kids, a uh, wife, uh, coach youth baseball, you know, running indoor, do you know, and and I was a financial advisor for three years. I mean, I've you know, I've been part of you know some private equity and venture funds, just staying busy. Yeah, you know, kind of yeah. typical transition out of baseball for a guy who's been in it for a while, 17 years of pro ball, and part of 14 years in the big leagues. You you kind of you, know, you need to step away long enough to uh, realize that you're no longer a player. You're no longer you're physically capable. Do I think my arm, if I train for six months, do I think I could go out and pitch a couple times and and maybe be successful? Maybe, but nine months of a grind at 40 years old, uh, you know, obviously not. So I'm far enough away now that I don't think I can go pitch better than uh, whoever's running out there for any big league team. Yeah. So get to step back and watch the game. I get to watch the way the the, the game's changing and, and the young players and some of the um, the explosiveness on the field now is, is fun. Some of the, 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 I don't know, you got the advanced metrics versus the old school attitude. And I, I kind of like the hybrid. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it differently when I was playing, if a guy flipped his bat and pointed at his teammates and all that stuff, I mean, it lit a fire in me. I wanted to throw one into his ribs. And now um, I watch my kid react to it and he loves it. It makes him watch the game. Yeah. So I've, I'm kind of caught in between the old school guy and me saying, hey, man, do it right. And the other guy is saying, hey, he's promoting the game. You know, more kids are playing baseball because, you know, that's what he does on Instagram or, or Twitter or yeah. it's on MLB Network. And Harold Reynolds says it's cool. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I am right now. So, yeah, not a bad 10-minute diatribe, huh? Yeah. And that's this is a real baseball story because a lot of times, you know, they'll they just see – okay, that guy played in the big leagues. He had the easiest life ever. 
there was never any struggle. You know, you dealt with basically everything you can go through as far as injuries and, and then getting traded and or getting moved and non-tenured. And the business side of the baseball world can become a grind, especially uh, for, I think, a high school kid coming out. Uh, you just, you're in life. If Like I went to college for four years. So when I went to sure. pro ball, I kind of already had uh, a little bit more maturity in life, Absolutely. right? I was on my own. I was doing my own thing. I wasn't trying to do the baseball thing while I'm learning life kind of all together. Uh, but it sounds like, you know, as far as what you did, you, you took it as far as it could go, especially with injuries. That's, that's what got me out of the game was two back surgeries. And it took, it took me some time after I realized, Hey, I'm not going to play. Let's find something else to do, but no, that's all great stuff. And I love how you mentioned, uh, you're working with, uh, with, uh, youth players and, and there is a big difference between that old school. Hey, keep your head down go grind it out. That's kind of the player I was. And now the excitement of the game is there. And I think, uh, you know, coming off of those steroid eras when guys were hitting 50, 60 home runs, that's kind of what brought the fans in. But now what's keeping them is a lot of the things that you said. It's the entertainment factor on top of the game. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I watch Javi Baez and I watch, um, you know, the contrast of Bryce Harper and Javi Baez's and the Alex Bregman's. I watch, you know, Mike Trout is old school. Yeah, um, I'm sure in the clubhouse, he's got all the personality in the world. But when he's out on the field, that's the way he plays the game. He's the best player in the game. Yep. And, you know, appreciating that is easy. But on the other side of it, it's it's nice to have some contrast. And, you know, with the youth players, um, you know, there's there's this uh, there's this delta between this, the league player and, and and then the high end USA baseball elite um, you know, majors player, if you're talking about U-Triple-S-A and that type of stuff, there's a delta there, and the delta um, needs to be addressed uh, nationwide. I think there's uh, there's some issues there, and uh, we can talk about that now or another time if you want yeah. to. It's something yeah, I'm happy to get into about. Um, but for me, the, you know, I think the game has constantly, over the years, it, it's just progressed as far, and, and there's always going to be uh, an opinion here and there that, all oh, the game's never going to as good as it was well that's the beauty of baseball and, and any sport really is to the, the comparison to an era um, I pitched through the entire steroid era and I hold a ton of pride that I never and, and it was offered I mean I could give you a list of names it would not be good for me to do it yeah but the guys that I saw do it that that laughed about it they were in it to to go for a year or two knew they were gonna blow out and be done but they're gonna make some money mm -hmm. um they they were curious I was very athletic um, as a young player and, you know, touched 94, 95 on a regular basis, but worked at like 92, 93. And back then that was firm. Yeah. Um, now you can't even get signed unless you throw that. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it, which is, you know, it is what it is. But for me, I, I chose to do things the right way, the entire way. And there's, you know, a little bit of a chip on my shoulder when it, when it, but I also understand that guys were doing it either out of pure insecurity or uncertainty and, I understand they're trying to do what's best for them and their family. If that was their, if that was what drove them, you know, I don't like the idea that the numbers on the back of my baseball card, they need the asterisk, just like freaking bonds or everybody else. I need the asterisk. Well, yeah, my numbers were inflated the whole time. I might've got paid a hell of a lot more money had everybody been doing what I was doing, Yeah, you know, doing it the right way, not cheating, not taking performance enhancing drugs. I went out there and competed against them in spite of all that. And didn't know it at the time. Once I did get to know it, it's kind of, all right, well, it is, it's, it's the landscape as it is. The ecosystem is what it is. Yeah. So 
I just, you know, just plowed away. And there's a lot of pride. And in, in, in I talked to guys like Will Clark and Will, man, if, if you talk about it, and he said, man, if there's somebody around here on fire, I won't piss on them and put them out if they did it. Um, yeah, he's kind of got that attitude. I'm not quite that far. I understand uh, that human nature is, uh, is a survival game um, a lot of times. And I think guys that are right on that cusp of maybe being a triple-A big league guy, a 4A guy, quote, unquote, and considering going to Japan and, and they say, well, maybe I'll just take one off season and, and, you know, try to get bigger, stronger, faster. And this is the only way to do it yeah. for them mentally. They go out and they have a, a big year and all of a sudden four year deal for $80 million. <laughs> yep. Okay. That's fair. So that's just, that's, that's where I came from. I went through that whole thing. I have, a, I have friends that, that I love to death that did it and I don't judge them for it on a daily basis. But you know, when we do get into the baseball conversation, I've got, I've got a podium. I can get on it and say, Hey, look, my high horse is real. And, and <laughs> yeah. as much like you said, cause you know, you, you probably did lose money. Uh, you oh, never, uh, yeah. you, you never know how, if you would have yeah. taken steroids, how they would have affected you. But for the most part, there's a direct correlation between guys that were taking performance enhancing drugs and performance. You know, you, you, there were probably guys that took it that didn't see as much benefit from it as others. But at the end of the day, now that you're out of the game, you you can say, I did it the right way. I never took it. You can look your kids in the eyes and say, hey, you don't need to go and do wild stuff to be successful. It's just money. No, it, the, the work you put in and what and the, the God-given talent you were given, if it's not enough, you'll be able to look yourself in the mirror. And I have no problem doing that. And, um, you know, my, my kids, I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to teach now. An 11-year-old. Uh, six and a five-year-old so six and five aren't aren't quite plugged in but the 11 year olds starting to understand you know hey I worked really hard at basketball this offseason and I'm I'm much better at it now mm-hmm. um, you know baseball same way the more ground balls I take with with uh, you know implementing the techniques and 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 you know the footwork that we've worked on man the plays are getting easier I'm able to do things I wasn't able to the year before and, and it, at 11 and 12 that happens it happens at 30 you know you go in and you're like man i I never realized that I could concentrate on the takes on film more than I can concentrate on the swings, which I understand the swings now, mm-hmm. late, early, whatever. But the takes are given away. What side of the plate the guy's looking at, mm-hmm. you know, what he's looking for in what situation. And, and uh, you know, watch enough film and, and you realize, oh, something happened just now that, that I saw on film. He's looking for a certain pitch. And, and that, so you always graduate to the next level. Now, now that I'm not pitching, I mean, if, if everybody mentally at 40 years old could physically be 25, the game would be a whole lot different. Um, well, you saw that a little bit during the era when there was 40 year olds pitching on the mound, throwing 95 still. They were very oh, effective. Yeah. <laughs> very effective. <laughs> it's like yeah, exactly. they got the body of a 25 year old and the experience of a 40 year old. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good way to live. Yeah, it's no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Um, Cause you do, you do, uh, you do a lot of developing, especially when, when you're in pro ball because you play so many games. And as you learn your skill set and learn your talents, which I think is, you know, it's kind of step one. What am I good at? Where am I, where's my role going to be? You knew, okay, okay, this is this is kind of my makeup. These are my pitches. This is uh, my best pitch for strikeouts, location, whatever it is. And then you, you develop those. And once those are kind of developed, you, keep, you can tweak them and refine them and do some small things, but they kind of – your stuff is kind of what it is, and the rest of it, you're learning how to get people out, like you just said, uh, through observing, okay, where's the, where are they looking? Then you kind of break down that cat-and-mouse game a little bit. Absolutely. As a player, I don't think you really know 
what you're capable of or, or, um, you know, what you're not capable of until you're probably in your, you know, third or fourth year in the big leagues. Um, and, 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 you know, some guys figure it out a little earlier, some guys it takes till they're 28, 29 years old, regardless, big leagues or minor leagues. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for me, I remember guys at 20 years old, they're saying, Hey man, stay within yourself. And I'm, you know, I understand that. Okay. I need to make sure that I'm not trying to overdo things, but you got know what you're capable of. Wasn't, I, I don't know that I can't throw a backdoor sinker to yeah. a righty or a front door sinker to a lefty yet. I, I know I can eventually, but, yeah, I can't do it in a game in a big situation because I just haven't – I don't have the reps. Well, how in the heck am I going to get this done? I've got to fail at it mm -hmm. at a high rate in order to finally be successful at it. And, so, you know, some guys never get the runway to be able to pull that off. And I warn, um, I warn people about that all the time. The last thing you want to do is let somebody else tell you what kind of player you can be. You know, for me, uh, my whole career, I had to bash against people basically – uh, saying, well, you know, he'll be an average junior college baseball player. Oh, and then he'll be an average Division One baseball player. He'll be a fourth outfielder in pro ball, things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if, if I let that stigma in my head say, okay, you know, this is just kind of as good as I'll ever be, I was never going to maximize my abilities and be able to get as far as I did. And I, I love that you said that. It's You can't be afraid to try stuff. You can't be afraid to get better understand okay if i can develop a little bit more here uh as far as like you said here this little pitch for a pitcher that i can work on in a bullpen and then eventually maybe that'll translate into a good pitch for me in a game yeah it came down to um understand i guess now i refer to it as a growth mindset with with you know anybody whether it's uh, guys i know that are you know pitching in the big leagues uh minor leagues college ball elite high school ball um, or even the youth, uh, it's a growth mindset. If you have an eight pitch at bat and you end up striking out, it's not a bat at bat. Mm -hmm. You got better. You you got better today. And that, that strikeout and that eight pitch at bat is part of success in the future. That's right. Um, you know, maybe your footwork wasn't right on a ground ball, but you had the right idea. I see your body movement afterwards and I see what you did with your hands. You're going through, oh, this is what I did wrong. Well, there's no way to know you did that wrong unless you go fail at it. And so I think I got sent down or cut at the end of a, a spring training to go to the minor leagues um, eight times in my career. And, um, and obviously that's an, an honor. I wear that as a badge now, but at the time, first couple of times it was like, you know, well, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to my family on the phone. I'm embarrassed. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I let people down. Uh, it was, it was this, this expectation that I let other people put on me. And finally, when you mature and you're, and that's where you got it in college and, and kind of found yourself, I had to find that in the middle of being at war in the big league. Yeah. And, and you know, which, which was fine, but I really think it stunted growth. And I was just at the cusp where I, you know, I had Paul Bird telling me what Greg Maddox had taught him. I had Jeff Supon um, really talking to me about the, the emotional and mental side of, of the game. Uh, I was right on that cusp when I blew out. And I thought, you know, I, was, I, I, I had 179 innings in Kansas City and missed the first month because I was in the minor leagues. So I would have been a guy that's throwing 200 innings and, and learning on the go. But the mental side of that, you know, as soon as I got hurt or as soon as I didn't live up to expectations, I kind of crawled in a hole for a little while and had to fight my way back. And as I got older, you know, they send you down when you're a little older, a little more confident, and you almost want to say, are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure you want to send me down? Because, I, you know, I have an out on May 1, and uh, I'm going to do really well in my first month. And if there's not a fit here, you don't believe in me enough to keep me now, um, I'm going to go ahead and jump. So let's, let's, maybe you need to go talk and huddle up. I'll come back in in a minute. Um, but then, and, and just to, for anybody listening, 
you know, spring training, you're in a big clubhouse that fills, you know, sometimes 80 guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, as, as the spring training progresses towards the end, there's, there's only three or four guys left that are going to be on a pitching staff or as a fourth outfielder or an extra infielder, uh, maybe the backup catcher. So there's only maybe three or four guys that are going to make the team. And then three or four guys that are going to be sitting at their locker having the conversation after the fact or before. Mm -hmm. So you get called in and you know, if you got called in before the other guy, well, I'm the one getting cut. And uh, if you got called in after and you see your competition go in, you know, okay, I probably made the team. And so when you do go in, you're kind of mentally prepared for the discussion. And uh, um, yeah, I can remember the Kansas city uh, GM, Allard Baird at the time. He's, I said it to him and, and they sent me down. I went off and I came up and I threw the rest of the year for him, but um, had had the best spring training, better than Pedro, better than Clemens, all those guys in 2001. And I just, I said, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, he, he said, he remembered it, you know, every time he looked at my starts in the, in, in triple that year, he's like, man, he just beat all Oswald, man. He just beat so-and-so just beat Wade, you know, Wade Miller, whatever. So he, he knew he's like, we got to get this kid back up here. Yeah. And, and the hard part about 2000 the year before is, and this is funny. And, and, you know, I was disappointed to get called up to the big leagues in 2000. Uh, after I'd been sent down because was it 2000? Yeah, it was 2000 because I had a chance to go to Australia on the Olympic team. Mm -hmm. And I knew the cutoff date was coming. It was like a week away and Lasorda had, had made some, you know, roster uh, hints and all that stuff. And, and I was one of those names mentioned and I got called up and I remember like the, the big league team needs you more. I understand, but what a, what an experience to be able to go play for your country and, and, uh, in the Olympics and all that stuff. So yeah. yeah, it was an interesting time. And even talking about it now, I don't tap into those uh, coffers very often. And, and I black box a lot of stuff. I think that's the nature of baseball, but now you get older and you're like, yeah, I'm fine talking about it. Um, well, I think it yeah. helps people understand and it helps people learn from, from what you've learned. Like, and I would, I'm the same way. What I know now looking back, I'm like, you know, I, if I'd have known that at an earlier age and for you, it, it was, you know, you were learning your confidence, you were starting to acquire that confidence and then you get hurt. And that's a big blow whenever you do get hurt like that. And then how do you regain the confidence when you're thinking about your health on top of getting better at baseball? That's a, that's a tough struggle to go through. And those are things, you know, cause uh, Tommy John is very prevalent in today's game, even for, for kids who are in high school. You know, yeah, and how does, how does that kid come back from from that at a young age and regain that confidence and, and that focus that, hey, you know, I am worth something here. I'm not just a, a number in a box and and go about it that way. What sounds like you did towards uh, the second half of your career. Yeah, second half of my career, once once I, um, you know, I mean, it was a, a conversation with my wife. I kept coming home from well, she was my fiance at the time, uh, kept coming home from New Orleans and they were piggybacking some starters that, that were on rehab. And so I was throwing two, three innings at a time as a quote unquote starter um, and, and not doing well out of routine again and, and complaining every night coming home, complaining. Yeah. You know, Crystal, they're, they're not giving me an opportunity. You know, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Just kind of you know, whining and complaining. And she turned over one night and she said, Hey, are, uh, are you going to complain for the rest of your life about this? Or are you going to do something about it? Cause I don't want to, I don't want to lay next to a guy who complains about the opportunities he didn't have when you're in the middle of playing baseball in AAA, you're one call away. Yeah. So either stop complaining to me and do something about it or quit Yep. one thing or the other. And I mean, I didn't sleep that night. Um, honestly, guy looked at her and she was a man. We'd have fought a little bit. Um, but, uh, <laughs> 
you know, it was what I needed to hear at the time. Um, I respect the heck out of her stance. I'm sure she was just fed up, um, you know, all that stuff. So, I mean, I went, that's what that, that was that time when I mentioned earlier, I was like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to start showing up early and staying late. So Oh six is what I said earlier, but it really happened in Oh five. There was an inflection point and the rest of the year I pitched really well. I mean, if I went back and looked at stats, um, I know I pitched well, but the main thing we need to take away from that year was that I hit 318. That was, that's more important. Um, if we really laugh about it a little bit, <laughs> I, I, I had a manager that was doing a favor to the organization. Washington had just become Washington from the expo. So Tim Foley was our manager and he had, he had absolutely no interest in being there. So he wasn't running things the right way. And you know, he was a mess. And, you know, I was, I think three for three in my first game uh-huh. that I started and he's like, Hey, keep, keep your, uh, keep your cleats on kid. I'm a, if we, if our starters don't go five, I'm have you pinch it. So we don't burn a guy. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I did, I, you know, I could always hit, hit a fastball, but as soon as the guys started looking up and seeing like five and 600 up there for a pitcher, <laughs> starting to see sliders, yeah. balls, but there was, I mean, I was, it was fun to that year. I got to go first to third slide head first in the third. I got to go get dirty again. And there was something about just going out and falling in love with the game again, getting there early, staying late that, that 06 season. No, I didn't get called up till the end of the year. And I you know, had a great year in the minor leagues, but I loved every part of it. I, I embraced the grind again. There was a part of me that fell back in love with baseball and it showed, you know, Hey, if this is it, this is it, but I'm going to love it. Cause it is what I wanted to do when I was a little kid. I love the game and, and it kind of played out really well. So how does, so the conversation you had with your wife sounds like it was kind of that, you, you did hit a point where it's like, okay, I either got to uh, suck it up here and, and re, kind of redefine myself, you know, peel the layers back again and say, why am I doing this? Uh, when you're in that, for anybody out there who's kind of hitting those points, and I think a lot of times, you know, guys will call it burnout, uh, a lot of different things. But whatever you're doing in life, and this is in life in general, whether you're playing baseball or working or whatever, there's going to be a point where no matter how awesome it might seem on the outside, because uh, you and me both know there's a lot of people that would say, oh, playing triple A baseball would be amazing. I would just love the opportunity to do that. Uh, you had been in the big leagues some and you wanted to be in the big leagues. And so, so then you get caught up in thinking whatever level you're at and then you get to the big leagues and then you want to get paid. You know, you want to get your payday. And then you get your payday <laughs> and you see those guys have to uh, reinvent themselves because they might have a bad year and then the people are on them. So no matter what level you're at or where you're at, there is a point where it's kind of like you do want to complain. You do want to say this isn't right. This isn't fair. But what, what would you tell those those people out there right now who are going through some of that struggle? Was it a process or was it just like you looked yourself in the mirror one day and said, you know what, I'm going to change? Well, I sat up that night and instead of uh, you know, I'm solution based all my life. I've never complained. I've never been that guy. And that's, I think why it shocked my wife. It's like, okay, this is how people turn into that person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they start to you know feel sorry for themselves and I've just never been that guy. So I, I started to, okay, solution based strategy here. What am I going to do? And I literally treated every day, like it might be my last it's cliche, but it worked for me for a period of time. But what I started to do was I recreated routine i recreated process uh, it became more systematic and 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 that's what we all thrive on it's just mm-hmm. knowing that when i go to the ballpark today i'm going to get there at 1 30 um uh, i'm going to maybe it's for you it's getting a cage maybe for me it's i'm going to do uh some cardio do some sprint work some plyos and then get in get into the film room watch some of that stuff maybe go look over a, a scouting report 
uh, go out for BP, but it, whatever it is, like I, every part of it was miserable when I wasn't in the right mindset. Mm -hmm. So for people out there, you know, it, it's, it's literally do it anyway. That's kind of the hashtag that, that I, I even have my 12 year olds that I'm coaching. Uh, it's hashtag do your job. But I said, I, w I almost want to change it to hashtag do it anyway. Cause you don't want to run that last sprint or you don't want to run the first sprint. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go to the gym that day. You don't want to go to work that day because you're thinking about changing jobs. Well, do it anyway today. Mm -hmm. Like if tomorrow you feel like you want to quit, go ahead and quit. But today go ahead and do it anyway. I love that. And go, go at it hard, go at it anyway. And I did it with sprint work and gassers. I mean, nobody in new Orleans wants to run uh, six ga full gassers, you know, they're back, they're back at 40 yards um in 95 degree weather mm -hmm. like nobody nobody wants to do that maybe a couple guys do but they're crazy um but you go do it anyway and once you start that first step or the first you know just getting in the car to go to a meeting that you didn't want to go to because maybe you, you just don't want to even go down that road or maybe it's just i don't want to go to the gym today because you know I'm, I'm still sore maybe you know just go anyway go do it today anyway and then have the have the conversation after you work out you know if i don't want to do it again tomorrow three hours from now, you know, maybe I need to consider it a little more, but for right now, I'm just going to go do it anyway. You know what that breeds is you're, you then at that point, you have way more invested into it also. And when you Absolutely. have more invested into something, it's harder to quit. It's harder to say, no, uh, you know, it's, it, I'm not seeing success. Uh, I can just quit this. The more you're investing into it over time, the more that that I'm going to quit mentality just leaves. Because then, then you're prepared. You have the processes and the systems. You have that investment built into it. And like you said, you just started investing more and more and more and more and digging deeper into it on a daily basis that allowed you to say, then re-kind of invent and enjoy the game again. It's funny how those correlate. Doing things that you don't want to do, uh, uh, that's the definition of hard work to me. Everybody really can do the is. fun stuff. Everybody can do the easy stuff. The people hard work is on a daily basis doing those tasks or those things that you really don't want to do, but you know, at the end, it's going to give you the best result. And that's that growth mindset. That's embracing the grind and knowing that, Hey, this isn't the fun part. This, this actually, this sucks. <laughs> it's going to hurt. And then, you know, the lactic acid is going to kick in or mentally you're, you're just taxed. And if you know though, that, that, that the end game here, and, and the, the next goal-based scenario that plays out is going to yield. Um, and, and that's why you start with a, a smaller set of goals and you get to those. And, and I mean, everybody's had, uh, you know, listen to something or read something that says, you know, have milestones out there, do a goal-based scenario. And a lot of guys don't know how to do that. And that's why, you know, for those guys, I say, you know, okay, well, what's the plan today then? Yeah. You know, show up at the local performance training center and start rolling out. Once you start rolling out, you're not leaving. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to roll out your legs, get your fascia ready, maybe do a little bit of active warm up. Guess what you're not doing once you get there? Just get out of the car. No, I, don't, I could always just leave. I'll go get some coffee, get some Chick-fil-A yep. and you know, whatever. It's, it's just everybody has those thoughts. It's the same thing as a pitcher running into a game in the seventh inning of a big situation in Yankee Stadium. Fight or flight kicks in. And why am I going to put myself through this stress kicks in? Yeah. Like I should just take a left, <laughs> go get on the subway and see you. Yeah. Um, but, but you do it anyway. And, and there's just, yeah, Lidge and I grab grasped onto that in 2008. I asked him, I said, Hey, you know, obviously you're one of the best closers in, in baseball and you've had hiccups and, and, and some surgeries and stuff, but you're still one of the best to, you know, 
and that was my first year of leaving. So I was trying to tap into some guys. I've been doing it a while. I said, how, how do you feel when that phone rings and you know, it's you. And he's like, man, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like I, you know, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> you know? But it, it, it's, and it's intestinal fortitude and all that stuff, but you get up and once you start running in and you get to the mound, guess what you're not doing? You can't leave. I'm there. So it's the same thing with the workouts. It's the same thing with, you know, planning. It's the same thing with people with taxes. Now I don't want to freaking go through my taxes right now. Like I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Well, the only way to really get it done is to sit down and do it anyway. That's right. And, and so that's, that's something that, you know, I guess you just, you know, you learn to grind as a ball player and it pays out uh, dividends in life later on. If you take that same attitude toward it. Without a doubt, Chad. I mean, everything that you, that you're saying is, is not revolutionary but it's things that we forget on a daily basis for sure. And having reminders like that constantly uh, help us achieve more in life. Even for me, just sitting here thinking about it in my business, I'm like, you know, maybe I should make a few more phone calls today. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's (laughs) it's those reminders because when we get into the processes in life, uh, the daily tasks get very monotonous and it's hard to kind of reflect and say, you know what, this is going to pay off. So everybody out there listening to Chad today, I hope that you can take away some of that growth mindset and understand that to get to where you want to be, you're going to have to do some things you don't want to. And you're also going to grow as a person by doing them. But hey, thanks for being on the show. We'll, we'll, we'll readdress some of these other uh, things that, that came up early in the conversation. I'll have you back on. Uh, but for today, man, if there's one last thing you could leave anybody with, I think you've pretty much probably pumped them up and motivated them. But is there anything else you want to leave them with? You know, define what the right way to do things are in your head and and then execute on that game plan. Do it anyway. I, I, I did that one, the hashtag. But, um, you know, know what's right. Do what's right. Um, if you're in competition with people, whether it's business, whether it's at the gym, whether it's on a baseball field, embrace that competition. You're no good without the, your competitor. And you, you may be on the other side of the field, but a lot of times it's on the same side of the field. If you can try to make them a better competitor, even against you're going to get better for it. So embrace being a teammate. If a guy goes out there and throws his butt off and you're competing for a spot with him, college, high school, whatever, man, you better be happy for him because that is a growth mindset. It's hard to embrace that. It's the competitor in you. It's survival mode. But as, if you learn to do that, you'll end up a, be, a much better competitor for it. And you won't be at home complaining to your wife. Yeah, she'll call you out. It'll <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Well, I really appreciate it, Chad. I hope you have a great day, and I look forward to doing this again. All right, man. I appreciate it, Andy. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy.